Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the NFL podcast and it's a special one because it's the special game. That's right, Super Bowl Sunday has been and gone. Myself, Mr Williams, decide to cover what happened at the Super Bowl and I don't know, where it all went wrong, maybe. No spoilers, obviously. Yeah. If you're checking us out on YouTube, a big thank you to you, and an even bigger thank you to you if you are one of our lovely YouTube subscribers. If you're an audio listener, you can also subscribe on uh, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that. So here we go. This is CookieCast Laces Out Super Bowl Special. Right, tighty. There we go. In theory, things are recording in the way that things do. And uh, well, it's a somber time here at uh, here at Cookie Cast Towers. It's official. It's officially the end of the NFL season. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Laces Out podcast with myself. My glamorous co-host, Mr. Paul Williams. Good evening to you, sir. And for you Good listening, and for you listening at home, we couldn't we couldn't face dealing with the turmoil that was Super Bowl Fifty Five and guests. So uh, we had to we had to put the barriers up and say no, no guests. I had I had this idea where I was going to try and get like every single guest. From the previous from the previous season, as well as a particular special guest, and then I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a lot of effort, doesn't it?" So I sacked it off because you know I'm a shit podcast host at the end of the day. Um, so we will be getting into uh, Super Bowl Fifty Five. Any predictions that were made that may have come through? Any? Money that was won, left, right, and centre. Uh, thoughts and feelings for the Super Bowl, and uh, I believe the stats mistress. She's put all her. She's put her inkwell away. She's put her feather away. She's shut the laptop lid. It's closed. Closed the stat shop down for the season, but not before sending post Super Bowl stats. Um, so, let's get into it, let's get stuck in, unlike the Kansas City Chiefs did. I mean, let's, let's get it out on front street, let's, uh, let's say those, uh, those immortal words, the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs went up against... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers dominated Super Bowl Fifty Five with a thirty-one nine victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sure there was a stat. I don't know if it's actually in the stats, but I'm sure there was a stat about something about how Mahomes had never been beaten. In less than double digits, um, I've seen I've seen a few videos. Um, I've seen the, the 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 sort of the post the press conversation with Mahomes. Um, I didn't agree with the majority of what he was saying because um, he's all he, he's he's put it all on his head, and it's like not sure on that one. I understand, you know, your quarterback is absolutely, you know, the. The, the tip of the spear, so to speak, but I'm not I'm not sure I agree with that statement. Um, I, think you're, I think you're always going to get that. You're always going to get that, though, aren't you? You're always going to get the sort of the guy who like he's, he classes himself as like you know the the captain of the ship, so to speak. Yeah. 
in as much as, well, I, I suppose you'd say the head coach is the captain of the ship, but he's the on-field sort of captain of the ship, as it were. Yep. So you can imagine that he's sort of, as as the sort of head guy, he feels as though, you know, the the overall result li- lies on his shoulders or rests on his shoulders. So you can see why, you can see why he's like sort of taken the brunt of what he feels is the blame and stuff like that, which is fair enough. And it's, I, it just shows the character of the man, I suppose. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely understand why he's done it. I just don't, I just don't agree with what he said. Um, you know, I, I get why, as a quarterback, you would say, well, you know, it all falls on me. I didn't play my best game. You probably didn't play your, your best game, but you were handicapped by the people around you. Um, obviously, there's been a little, a, a small amount of controversy since the Super Bowl with a particular badger of the honey variety um, and his uh, tweeting and then removing his tweet. Um, there was something about uh, he obviously hadn't realised that Brady was mic'd up or something Um, whether that's the case I don't know but uh, yeah so where do you want to start where do you want to go do you want to go a a play by play and do a four hour podcast or uh... Um, well we might as well I suppose we might as well get through the stats because the stats will oh, give us yeah. the sort of the flow. Yeah, okay. Of the game. Yeah, that's and then that's we can fair. go into predictions, uh, thoughts, I suppose, stuff off the back of that. Okay. Well, like I said, um, the stats mistress has packed her tools away, but has uh, has furnished us with a plethora of uh, of Super Bowl Fifty Five stats. So. Now then, she hasn't given any credit, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Nate Davis, USA Today. If it isn't, I think he should still get the credit anyway because of the work that he does, you know, behind the scenes for the podcast that he doesn't know about. Um, so, NFL stats post-Super Bowl. Concluding the 2020 NFL season with Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-9 Super Bowl 55 victory. Here's what we learned. Number one. No NFL franchise has won more than six Super Bowls, with the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers tied for the lead. Bucks quarterback Tom Brady extended his own record by earning his seventh Super Bowl ring. So I saw this announced the morning after the night before. And they're like... Tom Brady single-handedly has more Super Bowls than all 32 teams. And I was like, that's got to be bullshit. And then it was when it when they broke it out, like there was a, a table of how many Super Bowls each team has. It's like, yeah, the Patriots and the Steelers have six. And then it goes down from there and down from there. Brady has seven. It's like, as, as far as a stat is concerned... <sighs> Yeah. Number two, after beginning the day as the first NFL club to host a Super Bowl in its own stadium, Tampa Bay also became the first to win a Lombardi Trophy in its own building. Give Vince a call because it's it's a first time ever. Number three, Mahomes became the first quarterback to start multiple Super Bowls before age 26. The 18-year age difference between Brady and Mahomes was the widest gap ever between opposing Super Bowl quarterbacks. Brady became the first quarterback to participate in Super Bowl spanning three different decades. Brady and newly elected Hall of Famer Peyton Manning are the only starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history to lead different franchises to Lombardi glory. Gronkowski is the first player to catch a pass in five separate Super Bowls. Uh, And finally for me, Gronk and Rice are the only players to have multiple touchdown receptions 
in multiple Super Bowls. Um, I furnished uh, Mr. Williams with some glorious stats, so uh, Paul, let us have it. Did indeed. So continuing the uh, Gronk theme, um, Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady and tight end Rob Gronkowski, number 87, have now won four Super Bowl rings together. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' 52.3 passer rating was the worst of his four-year career. What a time to have the worst game of your career. I mean, phew. never before had the Chiefs failed to score double-digit points with Mahomes in the lineup. Sunday was the first time since Mahomes was at Texas Tech in 20, uh, 2016 that he lost a game by more than one score. Tampa Bay's Bruce Arians, who wasn't offered his first NFL head coaching job until 2013, became the oldest head coach to win a Super Bowl at the age of 68. Bucks linebacker Devin White is a budding superstar, making 38 tackles, recovering two fumbles and picking off Mahomes and Drew Brees in the span of three playoff games. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave this stat to the end. Um... Ten years after making his Super Bowl debut with the Steelers, Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown, who caught Tom Brady's other touchdown pass on Sunday, notched his first ring. Mm. Um, all four of Tampa Bay's touchdowns, uh, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, and two by Rob Gronkowski, were, so, uh, were scored by players who were who were not signed. Oh, no, sorry. Were all scored by players who are not signed. For 2021, mm. so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see whether those people return. I will be amazed if they don't. But um, that's that, that's them doing the plus sign on the calculator until the until oh, the I number see. runs out, and then they go, "That's what I'll take." <laughs> yeah, is that thing about Sorry. Mike? Uh, is there anything there about Mike Evans? Um, I didn't see anything about Mike Evans, but there was one final stat in here that I just want to rip off. Running back, LaShawn Shady McCoy, suddenly has two rings. One this year with the Bucks, after getting his first a year ago with Kansas City. McCoy did not make an appearance in either Super Bowl 54 or 55. No. Participation ring, innit? Oh, wait, no. Because so, you didn't participate. So in the yeah, vicinity ring? Evans, no. So Mike Evans has um, apparently gone to the powers that be at Tampa Bay and informed them that he is happy to take a pay cut if it means that they can get the right men for the job. I imagine that reflects on those, on those, uh, those th- three names at the end there. Um, apparently, the old apparently everybody loves Mike Evans. I certainly loved him in the fantasy season. I know that much. Um, another thing that's come up, uh, there was there was a streaker. There was a streaker. Uh, you know, very very droll. There's a multitude of jokes that came out. It was very much a, a picture of Patrick Mahomes' face going. Uh, when there was uh, there was a caption that said. Uh, Mahomes' face when he realised that the streaker covered more yards than the uh, the Kansas City offence. Things like that. However, the streaker made a tidy little earner on this one. Bet that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl. Bet an astonishing amount of money on it. Was arrested... And it cost him a thousand dollars to get out of uh, get out of jail. It's all right because he won three hundred and eighty-four thousand dollars once he got out of jail and cashed his bet in. So uh, that's the that's what I've seen. I've seen it more than once. I don't know how true it is, but right, apparently. There must be some law against being able to do that. Don't know. There's, 
I'd I'd love to get someone who like works in a in a betting field on to to clarify that because that that just sounds so dodgy to me that that, that I'd ever be allowed. All right. So yeah, I'd I'd want that one. I'd want that one rectifying personally before we. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's like a box of betting on themselves, isn't it? You know, I reckon he's going to go down in the fourth. Wink, wink. So, we've done the stats, and some beautiful stats they were. Um, I will lead, uh, I will lead the stats mistress back to the uh, to the stats box, and you know, took her up and closed the lid, pressed the button that puts her into the hibernation sleep, and uh, roll her out under the stairs for nine months until next time. I imagine whoever whoever runs USA Today is probably doing the same with Nate Davis about now. Just like rolling him into a cupboard somewhere. So, let's talk predictions. Did anybody predict that this was going to happen? Well. Oh, what's that? Oh, sorry. Of, of the six people... Who made Super Bowl predictions? So that was yourself, myself, the stats mistress, uh, the good lady Brinton, and then our two guests from last week, Mister Mister Moore and Mister Wood Munchie. So six people made uh, six people made uh, predictions. Of the six, four of us took the Chiefs to win the game, and two took the Buccaneers. So there's a point there each for Stu and for Leanne. We can, over the course of the six picks, we had two picks for Travis Kelsey to score the first touchdown. Two for Patrick Mahomes to score the first touchdown. One for Antonio Brown to score the, the first touchdown. I mean, at least he did. He did get a touchdown, but not the first, sadly. Um, and Mr. Woodmunchie again had Rob Gronkowski. I, I knew. I was like, first touchdown. I'm pretty sure somebody picked Gronk. Well done, Stuart. Well done. Uh, obviously, the scores, no one was really close. Um you went thirty-one twenty-eight, so you technically you went thirty-one for the Chiefs, so not, not really close. Matt went thirty-five thirty-two, no. Stu twenty-four twenty-one, no. Me thirty-five twenty-one, no. Amy went twenty-six seventeen Chiefs, no. Leanne went thirty-eight thirty-five books. Not really. So no, really, not not no one really got any points for that. Um, uh, Stu and Leanne, whilst picking the books to win, successfully picked Brady to be the MVP. Which, in hindsight, not entirely sure how he got it because it wasn't a stellar offensive performance. It was all about the defense. But uh, I was saying that. I thought defensive that, players never win the MVP unless it's a really low-scoring game. No, but I thought that White had a really good shot of getting MVP, and I'm pretty, you know, looking back over it, I'm like, I think he probably should have done. He was dominant in that game. Yeah, you could have made an argument for a, for the, someone on the defense to have got the got the gig, but it's not the way it goes, unfortunately. Uh, so again, Stu and Leanne had points for picking Brady as the MVP, so. A quick top so far would mean that Stu has three points, Leanne has two, and then just to uh, just to really set the cat amongst the pigeons, we obviously pick, we obviously bet or uh, picked sorry a colour that we thought the winning Gatorade shower would be. Now it wasn't on the it wasn't on the main broadcast from what I can remember, as I believe the camera just cut to Arians as he was as he was as he'd been doused, yeah. not as he was being doused. No. Nope. So I only caught I only caught this on I think it was the Sky coverage in the wrap up after the game, or it might have even been on the NFL Network wrap up uh, where I saw it. I'd and I caught a it. glimpse 
caught a glimpse of the Gatorade being poured over Bruce Arians, and it was blue. Blue was the liquid in the uh, in the barrel. So again, you picked purple, as I'm pretty sure you pick every year. I picked clear, thinking it was going to be water. Matt went with red. Liam went with orange. Amy went with green. And Stu, of course, picked blue. Jesus. Tell you something. We should all swap sports. That's what we should do. As the uh, current reigning defending uh, WWE in-house champion and uh, podcast champion. Uh, uh, and and Stu has absolutely dominated the predictions for the NFL. You know, I think we should all switch sports. There you go. That's that. That was the uh, that was the cookie cast NFL predictions. Sponsored by Gatorade. Sponsored by Gatorade. It wasn't. Congratulations, Mister Wood Munchie. Congratulations, no prize is winging its way to you right now. Absolutely. So go on then, let's get into it. What what, what, what do you... Because at this point in time, anybody listening to this who has listened to a, even a second of previous NFL podcasts is like, oh, do we suppose Andy's going to have something to say about this? Do we suppose he's going to spend 45 minutes going on about how much Brady sucks and how disappointing it was to have to sit through another Super Bowl with that smug... There was a point where they cut to him. They got awarded a 15-yard penalty and it cut to his face and I was like, if I hadn't bought that TV... It'd be through a window with an axe in it right now. Uh, I mean... It's it's easy to say it, but penalties absolutely crippled the Chiefs. So I think... I, I, I can't remember for definite, but I think within the space of the first half, they'd maybe racked up 100 yards worth of penalties... And it was just, it was just silly, silly things that were sort of just like absolutely killing them because they were getting, they were getting like they were shutting them down on third down and giving away a giving away a penalty that was given an automatic first down, yep. and they did that twice in the same drive. Yeah, and it made it, it went from, I think the 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 second time it happened was as um, Suckup kicked a field goal. And it gave him enough yardage to, so that he could retry for the so they could retry for the touchdown again. And it's just it was just stuff like that that just made you sort of think, yeah, you can afford to do this in regular season games. You can't afford to do it in the playoffs because it's just going to kill you. And uh, sadly, it proved that way. It was um, far too many defensive mistakes, far too much ill discipline, and. Um, yeah, it uh, it cost him in the end, and obviously, you had a very uncharacteristic Mahomes performance. There was uh, I, I counted t- certainly two, two dropped touchdowns in the end zone by Tyreek Hill, and um, I can't remember which of the Williamses it was that was the running back. Because I think I don't know if it was Daryl Williams. I think oh, it's either Daryl Williams or Damian Williams, and I can't remember which one was the one who sat out the season. I think I, I maybe think it was Damian Williams was the one who sat out the season. So it must have been Daryl Williams who played in the game, um, and he just the reception just went through his hands and hit him in the face mask, and yeah, just you can't you can't afford to miss chances to score really, and uh, sadly they did and paid the price. Yeah, I mean, I have I have a lot of. Opinions. I can't imagine a lot of them are popular opinions. My my opinion will always be the same. Uh, it works all the way through the playoffs and especially in the Super Bowl. Why waste your time? Why waste your time going through the entire season to get to the Super Bowl 
and then piss it up a wall. I was saying, at one point I'd said that it reminded me a lot of the uh, Broncos-Panthers se like season and Super Bowl. The, Pan the Panthers were dominant. They were nearly going to go 16-0 that season. And they went to the Super Bowl and they were like, what do we do now? What do we do now? <sighs> and they just threw it away. Now, I, I believed there was more going on in that Super Bowl than just a, a team that was dominant through the season turned up and pissed it up a wall. Um, there was a there was a lot about this. It's like, why bother? Why go all the way through the season, all the way through the playoffs, with all the stress and strains, to then throw the game away? Why is it that there was a lot of, of this, oh, you know, we'll get a penalty here, we'll get a penalty there. At which point they got a penalty was not somebody coming down on them and being like, hang on a minute, I get, you know, passion and it's the Super Bowl and this, that and the other, but don't start throwing stuff away. And it was just penalty on top of penalty on top of penalty. Something that I really questioned was a statement that was made in the commentary about how, from what I remember, and I will hold my hand up here that I might have, I might be remembering it a little bit skew, but they said that Tom Brady and the books had been to the, like the ref, the ref in staff and highlighted that the Kansas City Chiefs were a very grabby team. And that was then evident in all of the penalties that were given for, you know, holding calls. It was interesting to see that after the books had bled the penalties dry by the third and fourth quarter, a lot of the holding calls on the books were going unnoticed. So there was a lot of, you know, let's get all of the penalties out of the way early. Unfortunately, a lot of those penalties fell on the Chiefs. But the Chiefs weren't doing anything to stop it happening. Where, you know, where was the, where were the coaching staff saying to them, you need to stop this. And if you don't stop, we're just going to pull you off. We're just going to pull you off the, off the field. It was very bizarre the way it was just allowed to continue. I felt that game was over by the end of the first quarter. I was like, this game is done. And now we have to sit through the next three quarters of the books just driving it home. It, it definitely, it definitely had that feel to it. So, like, obviously, as soon as it went to the half, and then obviously you had the you had the fact that the Chiefs were going to receive the opening kickoff for the second half. You definitely felt that the Chiefs needed to score a touchdown on that opening yeah. drive to really stand any yeah. chance of sort of bringing the game back and making it a contest. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It was it was just one of those just one of those ones where like. Kelsey didn't really get going until it was too late. I don't think I don't think he had a proper like. I don't think he had a. a he might have, well, he probably had receptions, but he didn't really have a. He didn't really have a decent reception. He didn't have a yard yards after the after the catch until at least the third, like the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. Like it was just. I think you, you can just put it down to it. It was literally just one of those days where nothing clicked for the Chiefs, and it was just what if if you look back at the last three years. Right, so obviously they didn't get to the Super Bowl t three years ago, two years ago technically I suppose, when it was the um, the Rams versus the Patriots. But if you look, if you take those the three seasons that Mahomes has been a starter for, they've lost what five matches maybe. So they've had obviously they've had a fourteen and two season, a fourteen and two season. And the season before last, there were maybe thirteen and three, so it might be it might be seven, maybe eight because you have to factor in the uh, maybe nine. You have to factor in. The, I'm trying to work it out in my head, but obviously you factor in the AFC Championship loss to the Pat uh, to the Patriots, and now the Super Bowl loss to the Bucks. But over the span of that fifty games or whatever they've, they've played. They've lost nine. Yeah, I mean that in its own that stat in its own right is probably 
that I mean like it's not <laughs> that is ridiculous when you when you sort of boil it down to that so Mahomes has started well and, and he didn't even start one of those games at the end of the season when they lost to the Chargers so you take that one off like that one doesn't go down against him um, he missed I suppose he missed a couple of games last season when he had his knee injury um, but so in his in his almost fifty starts as a as a as a quarterback, he's only lost like six or seven games. That's that's insane. And obviously they were due a bad day, and it just it was just unfortunate for him that their bad day happened to coincide with the biggest game that he can play and this, in and, the NFL. And this is the thing because. No matter how well the books played and how well they how well they won, it's it's that same thing that I've been saying all season. These games where that you have, it's like, did the books win or did the Chiefs lose? You know, did the books? I through that first quarter, I was just I was practically salivating. I was like, this is this is it. This is the thing that we've been wanting to see. This is. Uh, a situation where it's three and out on one side, it's three and out on the other side, they're feeling each other out, and then what we needed to see was one team score a touchdown, and then the other team score a touchdown, and it'd be off, it'd be like fireworks, it'd be go. And when that didn't happen, there was something I said early on, like in the first few drives of the book, it was the Chiefs, the way the books were set up defensively, so they had a, you know, they had a line here, then they had some people here, then they had a couple of guys back here. They were, they were doubling on, um, on Hill and stuff. It was like, what's going on? I, I kept saying to, kept saying to the stats mistress, I was like, what are they doing? I don't like this. What's happening? Why are they doing this? Oh my God, what's going on? So there was that aspect. They, they had very much gone, these are the things we need to do defensively to win this game. Now I've got, you, for me, all credit to them, because that's what you're supposed to do. On the other side of the ball, you've got a team who are like, I'm going to throw a hissy fit about this and call, and, and, and that's detrimental to the team that I'm playing for, that I've been playing for all season, and I've, I've been a part of the machine that's got us here. It was, it was just yet another baffling situation. Nearly as baffling as the weekend spending $7 million of his own money on the halftime show. Don't don't understand that concept. Don't understand why he's paying his own money. Surely he's the one that should be getting paid to be there. Absolutely no idea. And yet again, it was another halftime show that I'd have rather peeled my own skin off than watch. It is a baffling concept. So I said this to I said this to some guys who were watching at the same time as me, obviously on, on Sunday. And my my point wasn't the fact that like obviously I get that it's a spectacle and, and all that sort of jazz and stuff like that. My main point. So there was the section where they had loads they had a load of dancers who came onto the pitch and were sort of like stamping around and twirling and stuff like that. My my immediate thought was Probably not very good for the. You pitch. reckon that pitch? <laughs> and then, as soon as they came out for the second half, within, within I think it was two two out of the three plays that that happened straight after the half, players slipped over. Yep. Was it Travis? Uh, was it Travis Kelsey slipped on the second yeah, play? One of them was one of them was Kelsey right in the middle of the field, and obviously he was he was right in the middle of his route, and then just fell over. And it was like, well, if that hasn't, if he hadn't fallen over there, is there a chance that he finishes his route, he gets a big reception, and it kicks something into gear and so on? And it's just, I just said, like, my my point was that over here, if that was the Champions League final, you in a game where normally the halftime break is fifteen minutes, you'd never in a million years get someone just going, um, right, to make some money, shall we? Triple the length of the uh, of the half time break, and have some prick come in and just twat about on the field for forty five minutes. 
just to sort of, you know, bring a few extra eyeballs in because we think it might be worth it. It's it's detrimental to the players because they're obviously like sort of conditioned to do 15 minutes, small break. 15 minutes, like la- slightly larger break. 15 minutes, small break. 15 minutes, end of game. I know you've got loads of sort of like breaks for injuries, timeouts, injury timeouts, like resetting game clocks and stuff like that. So it's a very stop-start game. But at the end of the day, an athlete, through repetition, is trained. Their body is trained to play a game in a certain way. And if you take that sort of that training and that like structure and just completely change it. I know it's only for one game and for, as, a, as a one-off you could just say that like, you know, it shouldn't matter that much, but I think it does and I think not a lot, not enough sort of like put into the, the half-time break is a bit distracting. Yeah, I remember, I remember something from the... It can the, be um, a disadvantage for teams and stuff like that, but... I remember something from the Rams Super Bowl where they said that the Rams had had, like, as a team, they'd had too long to cool down at the halftime break. And you've got to think, you know, like you say, the break should be 15 minutes, give everybody the opportunity to go to the locker room, get shouted out for 15 minutes, have a drink, do whatever ritual you need to do and get back out there. And yeah, you might be getting that back out there as a defensive player who then has to sit on the sideline while while the offense is playing. You could be going back out there to sit there, but you might only be sitting there for another five minutes. If you're already running into that, oh, it's half an hour, it's 45 minutes sort of area, you know, some of them were like, well, I'm just going to nip home for a bite and, uh, and, you know, let the dog out and stuff, and then I'll come back, yeah? It's, some of the books were. Yeah. Like I'm just just gonna nip round the corner and uh, you know I'll be back in a minute. I I seem to remember not long ago uh, around the time of the last wrestling one the conversation about uh, the musical choice for um, the Royal Rumble and saying how the wrestling has always been synonymous with heavy metal. Oh, you know the two things go hand in hand. So why why change that now? Sort of thing. Um, I have a, I have a theory about the halftime shows for the NFL that is not one that I am prepared to share. Uh, but for a while now, I thought I've started thinking like I wonder if they're putting these these people on for this particular reason. Um, but yeah, it's like. It feels very much like the kind of person who is sitting down to watch the Super Bowl is probably not like, i tell you something, this game is fucking awesome, but I can't wait for the halftime show. You know, to me, the, the two things have never gone together. It depends, because you'll get... like so. For example, last year... I imagine there was a lot of people who tuned in when they heard it was Jennifer Lopez and Shakira because they were like, ooh, pretty ladies. That'll be interesting to watch. So, and I imagine this year there was a lot of females who were like, ooh, The weekend, Sexy Man might be worth watching. So you'll get you'll get that, I suppose, but I don't know. It, it is a baffling concept to me, and I, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never truly understand it. Oh, you and me both. Um, it's that thing I think something that probably should cover at this point in time um, I think it's come up a few times but over the course of the, of the last season I've kind of had to I've had to hold my hands up and I've had to sort of say I don't think we're ever going to get away from the fact that he is the GOAT uh, TB12 <laughs> Uh, to say he's the greatest sports personality, oh, personality is one thing. Sports person in the world is a stretch, in my opinion. He is absolutely the best sportsman in that game. 
And you, you simply can't get away from that. He's got more Super Bowl rings than all 32 teams. You know. Um, there's a couple of things from the game that I wasn't super enamoured with. Uh, like I say, the, uh, the, the, the bit where they showed him after getting that 15-yard penalty. I was like, that's why people don't like you. Um, but I've seen videos since, you know, um, he's, he's, you know, he seems to, to me to be a very dedicated family man. Um, he did seem to be more interested in what his kids were up to than the fact that he just won the biggest sporting event of the year sort of thing. Um, so I, I, I think I said at some point, if he wins, I will have to concede. So. This is officially me on record saying I, I agree. Uh, Tom Brady is is going to have to be the GOAT, I'm afraid. Um, as I'm sure you can tell, I'm not, I'm not overly happy about this. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Any, uh, any other takeaways from this for you? Not really. I mean... Like, like you you summed it up perfectly there. It's a case of you know there was that they there was like a couple of things that he he could never get when he was at when he was at um, the Patriots. So obviously he was never going to be able to get that record of beating all thirty two teams because he never played for anyone else other than the Patriots. So he couldn't ever beat the Patriots. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Peyton Manning was the only other quarterback to have started and won the uh, Super Bowl with two two teams. Uh, so he's now Hall, completed that, so he can take of, that off the list. Hall of Famer, Peyton Manning. Because that was something Correct. that happened. Yeah. Um, so there was... Of the of the people who got picked to go into the Hall of Fame, there were three first ballot Hall of Famers this year. Yeah. So there was... Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, and Calvin Johnson. Don't tell Cole; he'll still try and draft him in next year's. Uh, I saw it. I saw it come up, and it was like Calvin Johnson goes into the Hall of Fame. I was like, "What do you mean? How can an active player go into the Hall of Fame? Don't they want to wait for his career to be over?" Um. So I suppose. It is, it is that thing of, so you see it everywhere where people say, if you were to take Brady's, you could break Brady's career into three separate times. So you could do it, his career as a 20-year-old, mm-hmm. his career as a 30-year-old, his career as a 40-year-old, and the stats are absolutely incredible. So I think it was in his 20s, went to three Super Bowls, won two, in his 30s, went to four Super Bowls, won three. In his four, no, two, it must have been two, two and three. Because in his 40s, he's been to three, oh no, hang on. No, he's 43, isn't he? Yeah, so in his 40s, he's been to... Three Super Bowls, but he's only won two. But I mean, it was just—it was just the fact that he's like—is—he's basically had, in theory, if you break it down, three separate Hall of Fame careers: one as a twenty-year-old, one as a thirty-year-old, one as a forty-year-old. So look, just look at what was in the stats. Antonio Brown has been playing for ten years, and has got his first Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Well, you get, well, you see. You see players that play for like fifteen years and never even get to a Super Bowl, and so yeah. ah, and it's just the fact, the sheer fact that he's been to ten Super Bowls is just insane. So yeah. he's played in. We worked it out, didn't we? He's like he's played in eighteen percent of all Super Bowls played. Yeah. Um, in like in the in the hundred seasons or the hundred and one seasons now that the NFL's been a thing, he's played in ten percent of the Super Bowls ever. No. Sorry, he played in ten percent of the championship games ever. It's, ugh, it's just as much as people dislike him. I am in that category. I, I, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm a bit sick of of seeing it. But at the end of the day, it's up to somebody like Mahomes 
to come round and change that. If 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 you're not happy with him winning all the time, do something about it. You know, send them to the Cowboys. Him. Yeah, absolutely. But it is that thing, like, but it but it it really does boil down to if 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 you don't want to see him win anymore, do something about it. Stop him from winning. And that, but, but that's that was the thing. Go back to the start of this season. Go back. And there was something I saw online yesterday. Uh, one of the guys at ESPN was like, and it was brutal. It was Brady's done. He's washed up. He's old. He's blah, 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 blah. All of this stuff, just this monstrous rant. And underneath it just said, well, this aged well. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and 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 even even I, who as a part throwaway prediction, I was like, the books are absolutely going to the Super Bowl, and they'll probably win. And you know, if only I'd have put some money on it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just that thing in it, like if you look. At, in in the so he's been playing since what the two thousand season. Mm. So he's played twenty one years, mm-hmm. and he's only missed the postseason what something ridiculous like three times or something like that. So whilst he's not made the Super Bowl every season, I think he's made the postseason and everything all but all but three or something. It's something absolutely insane. But fair play to the guy, and I mean like obviously. It's it's easy to say like oh yeah you know he's he's he only gets there because of like you know refing decisions or whatever nah nah look at the condition he keeps his body in and stuff like that and like they he were... probably looks he probably looks better in his body as a forty three year old than he did as a thirty three year old yeah twenty three year old he's so it's not even up for debate he's probably in the best shape of his career there was there was something. On, I think it was the BBC commentary, or it might have been whoever's commenting um, on the on the American feed, uh, and they showed when Brady was walking in, and somebody said, "If you look at him as a forty-three-year-old man now, he looks in the best shape of his life, and to stay in that condition, you know." I saw I saw um, Gronk's I saw the start of Gronk's um, post Super Bowl uh, press, and the first thing he does when he starts talking is he flexes, and it was like, "Holy smokes, that is a well-defined arm!" Because basically he was saying, "Can't see any reason I won't be back." It's like, yeah, I. I had you down to retire again, uh, but yeah. Then I saw then I saw a video of him teaching uh, Mickey and Minnie how to do a Gronk spike. Because you know where are you going now? <sighs> so there we go. The twenty twenty. What a year twenty twenty was. Uh, I saw, I did see something completely unrelated to the Super Bowl, but I did see something that said. That the NFL as a as a body had seven hundred and seven confirmed um, virus cases. The Seattle Seahawks had zero. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that is the twenty twenty NFL season done and dusted. Uh, we now have the uh, the dark times, as they're known, or also known as the time without NFL football. Um, so uh, tune back in in September for more NFL goodness. Um, from me personally, um, it's been a it's been a wild season. Like there's obviously been you know the NFL season and 2020 as a whole has sort of rubbed up against each other for various reasons. But we did get the full season. And we did get uh, we did get a Super Bowl, you know. It's in the history books now. Uh, it it was what it was. So so that's that. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Condolences to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sure they will more than likely come back stronger. Just depends if the uh, if the books do the same. Um, 
from me to you personally, sir, thank you to you for uh, for joining me week in, week out, taking the time out to uh, to do it and to guide these lovely people through. Big shout out to all of our uh, wonderful guests, uh, Matt, Stu, Rob, the, the, the friendliest giant in town, the JFG, um, all of our... Matthew, two teams, multiple, uh, multiple winner. Um, all of our guests, all of our fantasy people that get used and abused every week. Um, a big, huge, monstrous thank you to the stats mistress, uh, week in, week out. Sometimes in tough conditions, getting us the stats as and when we need them, uh, collating them on, stuff like that. Um, Big shout out to uh, to Amy for jumping on the uh, on the prediction train towards the back end and uh, holding up holding up that side of things. So for me personally, those are my shout outs for the season. Anything from you before we wrap this puppy up? No, you covered it all, man. Oh well, I suppose the final thank you should go out to the listeners, the, the lovely people. You guys, week in, week out, coming and listening to uh, one man who knows a lot about the sport and a man that uh, runs around blindfolded like a headless chicken just going, I hate Brady and the Seahawks are going to win it. Definitely the Cowboys, yeah, they're winning. So yeah, thank you to you. Uh, So there we go. Bye-bye to the NFL. Bye-bye to the 2020 season. And it's bye-bye to you. So thank you very much. Thank you, sir. And thank you, lovely people. Until next time, that's it for us. Bye! So there we go. What did you think to that one? That's it. It's all done. The NFL's done for the season. And a long, long time until the new season starts. Very sad time. I hope you've enjoyed coming along with me, Mr. Williams, and all of our lovely guests for our NFL season of 2020. Uh, Yeah, thank you to you. If you're a YouTube watcher, uh, if you are also a YouTube subscriber, big high five. If you you listen to us, uh, do subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. That would be a big help. So there we go. Not only is that it for this one, that's it for this podcast. Big thank you to everyone involved. And, uh, well, I would say until next time, but until next podcast, I'll see you guys then. Bye-bye.